welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korvar. I am Kiki DeKaori. And we have a busy week. We've got yeah. Worlds. Worlds is happening. Fictions are falling out of the sky. It's, <laughs> and it's a all book. Go. And a book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the release date for Path of the Waves is out, I think. And, oh, and the Dragon Book's well, out. And Yes, I, I have my hands on a copy of The Eternal Knot Ooh. by Marie Brennan. It came out on November 1st. I have not finished reading it yet, but it is very... It is more than you ever wanted to know about life in a uh, high house of light and becoming a Tagashi and all of the things. I I don't see how it could be more than I could want because I want a lot. I may have to get this one. Yeah, you if you are if you want to know everything there is about to know about how to become and be a, a Tagashi, you need this book. Because I didn't, I wasn't particularly kind of fussed by the Phoenix or the Scorpion ones, although they they sound pretty good. But I was kind of looking at my my limited funds and going, I can't quite justify it. But I may have to justify this one. But you're a dragon fan. You need this. I one. am. I, I'm serious. I think I might do. Okay, but you haven't finished reading it, so that's going to be no. later. We can talk about yes. that. <laughs> so fiction, 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 all sorts of fiction. We're not going to go quite in, in uh, chronological order for reasons that will become clear, I think. <laughs> I hope. But uh, we will start off with The Price of Failure. So last podcast, we talked about uh, how Matsusuko took Kikita Castle and Kikita Yoshi's very bad day and mm. answer to it. And now is kind of the third part of... Or maybe the fourth part uh, of what's going on with the crane. Because yes. we've got uh, Kuanan has found out prior to this story that uh, Hataru and Kachiko were in a relationship and ended up deciding he needed to claim the clan championship for himself. Yep. And then Matsusuko took Kuden Kikita and then um, Kikita Yoshi received word about what happened and he. In this story, it's called The Price of Failure. Yep. It's written by D.G. Laderoot, and it follows up that story with uh, Doji Kuanan receiving word about Kuden Kikita from Kikita Yoshi. And at the same time he receives that, he receives word from what the Atomo Daimyo that the the passed over Hante Sansuri, is yep. on his way to the Monastery of the Winds, where he will be turned into a monk and taken out of Shoju's hair. Yeah, and specifically, the Otomo Daimyo says he would be going this specific route at this specific time. I'm sure nothing would happen if anyone knew this exact precise information that I'm giving you. Tra-la-la. And, and so, spoilers, uh, Kawada tries to rescue him. Yep. To save him from the evil scorpion plots, and yes. it's all a terrible disaster. Otherwise, the story would not be called The, the Price, Price of Failure. failure. This, this is, like you say, part three or part four of Things Go Just Swimmingly for the Crane Clan. <laughs> I think it's part seven or eight. <laughs> Something possibly. like that, yes. <laughs> but anyway, so 
this story is set in the Kintani Valley at Kyoto Castle, where Daidoshi Uji is camped to uh, with the forces. It's right near Toshirambo. Mm-hmm. If you look at it on a map, it's if you look at a map, it's about fifteen days away from Otsunuchi. Okay. So we have actually progressed in time. It is not the day after anymore. There is there is some time that has passed at this point. Uh, not a lot of time. Uji hasn't received word that uh, the emperor has died and the edict and all of that. Yeah. But uh, he, though he possibly should have. Um, well, however, I, th- I, I think Quanon is riding about as fast with that information as a courier would. I think that's maybe, true. Maybe give or take. That that's true. Though one would imagine that uh, Uji would hear word of mm. the uh, fall of Kakita Castle at least a little before this. But yeah. uh, in any event, um, Kyoto Castle is the location where the very first Gen Con module wedding at Kyoto Castle is set. It's um was a story prize for the first uh, Gen Con L5R tournaments, uh, role-playing game tournaments. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is a, a rare case where the role-players get to make a decision. Right. And in the story decision of that, it ended up being won, insofar as things are won in role-playing games, by the crane. And so Kyoto Castle is a crane holding now. So, And that is where it's located. Uh, mm-hmm. rallying f- regarding what happened on the Osari Plains and at Toshi Rambo. Yeah. Um, and let's see. So Otomo Sarai is the Otomo Daimyo and who sent these plans. And it's worth noting that Otomo Sarai is the guy who was in Blind Ambition. That's another story. Being cheerfully manipulated by Kachiko. Was this over the game of Go? Uh, no, she was, um, arranging her flowers and telling him how wonderful he was, but in that particular story. She's manipulated so many people, I'm kind of, I lose track. Anyway, right now he is technically one of her pawns, or at least was in her point of view. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she is not always perfectly correct about that. Uh, no. Um, so... We don't know. It is a possibility she, he is acting on his own as being a sneaky Otomo who wants to keep chaos in the clans, though this is not the time. No. Um, he could be He could be a Kolot. That's a possibility, um, but I'd be astonished if both the Mia Daimyo and the Otomo Daimyo, I mean, that basically means the Kolot have completely won, which is very odd. Uh, yeah, that would be very strange. Or he could be being a person who's being manipulated by Kachiko it must for be said, the, some reason. The Otomo do have their own schemes going on. So that that's that's the thing to keep in mind, that they, they traditionally have been scheming people. Oh, absolutely. They also have – they're very much into tradition because that's really what the Otomo is all about, is about tradition. So they may also be saying, hey, wait, that's not the t- traditional way that someone gets to be emperor. We're quite cross. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, and, he, and they could be trying to reduce the power of the scorpion while they are in this yes. position by giving Sotori to the crane as a pawn. So it's really yeah. hard to say who he's operating for at this time, though it's obviously not Shoju. 
No, that's the one person's not. I mean, and actually, the, given the Otomo, the general Otomo kind of remit, which is to stop anyone clan becoming so powerful that they could take over, I think what's happening with the, the Scorpion clan would absolutely look like the, a Scorpion clan coup. And there would absolutely be, we must not allow this to, to go unopposed. It's too dangerous. So I can absolutely mm-hmm. see just the Otomo on their own going, uh, <laughs> no, quick, let's do something about it. Right. So um, let's see. We've got uh, both Kwanan and Uji both confirm what we theorized last story, which was that Suko's primary goal of taking Kuden Kikita is that it's a target that would get the Lion Generals to rally around her. Yeah, yeah. Nothing succeeds like success. And a great big look at this thing that I did while Toturi was busy being Emerald Champion and going missing. I think you should listen to me now. Right. So Uji's response to the whole thing is very important because when you talk about Crane Civil War, it's important to know who falls out on what side. Yep. So he's yeah. playing it pretty close to the chest. <laughs> he is. Uh, there are several points where Kawanan is pretty much saying he really should have said one way or the other what he's thinking right now. I do wish he would. <laughs> <laughs> Effectively, yeah. So, so yeah, then Kawanan keeps on with his excellent decision-making, which he's been doing up until now. Um, Poor and Kawanan. For Kawanan, yeah. Poor Kawanan. Uh, so then, he, yeah, he decides that he wants Sotori in crane hands rather than at the monastery. And mm-hmm. so he goes along with his army, which is a recurring theme, which are rather uh, a bunch of Kikita because Uji is unwilling to commit any interesting. And clearly there's some question as to whether Doji forces would go along with Kuanon, given that they are probably going to be loyal to Hataru. So like, that's all very interesting. And his raid goes excellently right up to the point where Miramoto Hitomi turns up. Right. Because Togashi Yukuni said protect the prince, right? Yep. And that that there's a prince, and he certainly clearly needs protecting against the the Kakita and Ronin who are along for this uh, particular joyride. And mm-hmm. um yeah, it turns out that uh Miramoto Hitomi is a bit terrifying. I managed to injure Kuanon. Yep, injured him pretty badly, and she was there. And recognized him and yep. heard him say he is there to rescue Satori and help him reclaim his throne, yeah. which is all just a wonderful thing to let people know. Yeah, like it's, it's a dragon it's who are allied with the scorpion. Like I say, this is part seven of things go just swimmingly for the crane. <laughs> and his army's only 20 people. So yeah, yeah. And, and plausible deniability. And then to finally make his day go just brilliantly. Uh, he has to retreat, <laughs> but he does not have the prince. But then he doesn't know where the prince is at all. Nope. And Hitomi doesn't either. No. Because he Kawanan cuts through, gets to the prince, says, I'm here to rescue you, and then gets cut down by Hitomi. Yep. And the prince uses the opportunity to run away. Or gets kidnapped by a Ronin, or his horse bolts, or any number of things, because we have absolutely no idea where he is. He is now a missing Hante heir, just we like have, the other we have two one. Of them. Yes, two missing Hante. Heir. Um, what was uh, what was my line? Uh, to lose one Imperial heir uh, is unfortunate. But to lose two smacks of carelessness. <laughs> 
So, yeah, so it's pretty bad.、Mm. It looks awful for the crane. It looks not so good for the emperor, empire.、Uh, yeah. Hante Satori, of course, will take perfectly reasonably the.、Uh, Somebody saying, We're trying to rescue you. We want you to be the heir and put you back on the throne. He'll take that, of course, with calm and aplomb, right? Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I, think, I think what we, I mean, what's really fascinating, I actually, at the time when this came out, I was speculating that the world's decision, the world's question that, that, that was going to be resolved, like, like the story prize, right,、um, would be where does Satori end up? Because. <laughs> Because where he ends up could be really, really interesting and fascinating. Because he could theoretically be with the crane. He may have been picked up by one of the other crane, right? You, you could make that the, the,、mm-hmm. the, the outcome if you wanted. That wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any trouble at all. In fact, I very specifically think that it's not clear where he's gone, precisely so they can choose later. So he could end up with a crane. He could end up with a dragon. He could end up with the Ronin mercenaries that came along. He could、mm-hmm. be completely on his own. He could ride his own way to the monastery. And the outcome of each of those is really interesting and opens up all sorts of interesting possible plot lines. But that is not the question. No. So we will have to find out some other way. We will. And I think, I think really, this is a, it's a really good, fun story, and I recommend it.、Mm. But the, out, the outcome of it and, and the implications are really, really cool and interesting. I personally think we're definitely heading towards. Essentially, a northern and southern court period where there are two emperors and two courts. I think that's well, really the next, likely. The next RPG set to, or LCG set coming out is called Clan War. So that pretty much tells you everything that we. Bit, bit of a hint. <laughs> it's a bit of a hint. But it's not our only story. What's our next no, story? No, our next story is the Halloween special, which I have loved every single one of these. <laughs> they make up really nice standalone pieces. So they, they don't have the kind of, oh no, what does this mean for our current meta plot? But they are replete with information and they are just chuck full of atmosphere and they are super creepy and just really, really lovely and well done.、Uh, this one is called Trust Me. Yes, it is.、Uh, oh, it's, it's spooky. It's by Robert Denton III.、Mm-hmm. And this one is Isawa Tadaka, who was last seen、uh, as Master of Earth from the Isawa Elemental Council, going, I'm going to go south to Crablands for some mysterious purpose.、Uh, which a, a lot of people kind of went, hmm, because in the old timeline, that caused some interesting things to happen. So, what he has been doing, or at least as we see in this story, is he has been looking after. A shrine keeper, and well,、uh, apparently looking after, it must be said, because there's all sorts of hints and, and tips, hints and suggestions that he's not quite doing what he seems to be doing, including not cleaning out the entire shrine like what you're meant to. <laughs> right. So, from hints in the story, we learn that as a boy, Tadaka's mentor. His, his sensei came down to Crablands and stayed at this shrine, which is called the、uh, Sagisomine. I hope I spe- pronounced that right. Sagisomine Shrine in Crablands. And he stayed here with his mentor. And the shrine keeper, Asusa, was the shrine keeper there when, she, when he was there as a kid. 
um, uh, uh, under his sensei's Caillou friend. So when he decided to go back to learn about the crab, he came back to this shrine and he has contacted at some point Yuri. And Kudiori has a mission for him, and it is not a good mission. <laughs> it it isn't. It really, really isn't. And specifically, it's to because she's ill. She's very, very ill. It's not quite clear what's wrong with her, but she can't see very well, and she's presumably in some amount of pain. And Tadaka is feeding her various medicines, including uh, fog root, which is apparently a drug to dull pain. Uh, frog root. Oh. He's uh, administering fog root, which is a drug to dull pain and helps you sleep, but too much will kill you. But there's some hint that maybe he's uh, encouraging this disease yes. that she has to go on. So it's yeah, kind of yeah. creepy. <laughs> it is, and he is, he is very specifically not cleaning out the entire shrine, which is the thing you're meant to do. The shrines have to be kept very, very clean, but he's very, very deliberately keeping a corner uncleaned and it gets dirty and dirty and, and, and hor- more and more horrible and in the end it turns out that then oni is being drawn to her pain and her suffering and in the end feeds off when she dies feeds off her blood at which point tadaka cuts its tongue off and then hands it to kuniyori who says brilliant this will mean that eight i can make a charm that will allow eight he, uh, he ate, uh, did he mention Hidebushi? I can't remember. Eight crab yeah. bushy will get charms, which will protect them. From using this, this mm. Oni tongue. But yeah. is, it, is it worth it? Because not only does he end up killing, effectively, mm-hmm. this, this very good, very kind woman yep. who helped him and saved, you know, you know fought for the crab and, and saved the shrine as a, as yep. a when he was a child. But... In addition, he kills her in such a horrifying way that she she asked to please be allowed to die while she's awake so she's not trapped in these hideous nightmares mm. during her death. But he is intentionally having her die in those hideous nightmares so that this Oni will come. And so she is being forced to become a Goryeo, which is an angry ghost. Yeah, I mean, the certain, the suggestion is that... I, I think he's not quite sure, but he's saying, look, <laughs> the way she died, she is almost certainly going to end up in Gakido, which mm-hmm. is like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's that's really, really awful. He's not sacrificing just her life. That would be bad enough as is. He's sacrificing her soul and her cycle of um, rebirth. Yeah, and when... Yeah, Kuniori is saying, but but it's worth it because the what we'll get out of it is just so much better because we will we will um, we have we have these we'll be able to make this charm and therefore even if all these people suffer even if she suffered and even if her soul is going to suffer in the afterlife, well these eight people won't so that makes it fine. And she's just a hymen. Yeah, which kind of gets my. Um, Gander up, I have to say. Yes, yeah, um, so I'm a bit. I'm is... a bit too perfect land, I think, for uh, <laughs> that particular line of reasoning to uh, work terribly well for me. Well, it's it's the classic question that has always been the center of both the crab and the clan. You have Bushido. You have mm. some people would not 
classify how we call Bushido um, morality, but you have morality. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't and quite. Bushido. Doesn't quite fit. Yeah, what's good in terms of same. Bushido isn't necessarily good as we perceive it necessarily. But, uh, and then you have pragmatism, doing the things that need to be done for the sake of the empire or the sake of your. And in the empire, the crab and the scorpion both go towards pragmatism. Yes. Uh, and, and very much the. It's not just pragmatism. This is very specifically the kind of so-called utilitarian thing of uh, it's okay to sacrifice one person if that ends ends up saving eight. Which not that that has that can be used to justify an awful lot of bad things, like for example, condemning someone's soul to uh, gakido, which is one of the least pleasant afterlives available. So, and there's that big question whether that's acceptable. It certainly is pushing the lines, and that mm. is, of course, the source of a lot of horror campaigns. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's another thing which is which is which came to me, which is unlike the real world, at least as far as I'm as, as far as I understand the real world, there is evil in Rock Again that is literally corrosive. You have the you have the Shadowlands taint that corrupts, that you know is almost effectively infectious. And I think there is a possibility that no matter if you do something and you say, oh, no, 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 it's for, it's for good. The ends are good. But if you do the bad thing, especially this specific sort of bad thing where you're allowing an oni, a demon from Jigoku, from the tainted, horrible Shadowlands type Jigoku, to consume a soul, you may end up contaminating the good that you end up doing with the Shadowlands taint or with the, the, the touch of Jigoku. So you you may end up not kind of, oh, you see, the ends justify the means. It could well be, actually, no, the means you have used mean the ends will not work. That, and that's a very real possibility in this case. And that's a, that's a question I would like someone to talk about at some point. It's, it's a very effective story, and I, I really do recommend it. It's lovely, lovely writing. But it's not our last. We have three. And we saved this one for the last because this is the story that is part one of Worlds That Are Happening. Cornered Lion is by also Robert Denton III. And in it, nothing much happens. But it is Tutori trying to decide now that he is healing and able to roughly do his kata again and yep. otherwise mobile. What he's going to do about the gigantic mess yep. that is the Empire at this point in time. He's being fed small bits of information by uh, Kitsuki Kage um, and trying to figure out what he's going to do. And that's it. He, he decides yep. he's going to go talk to Shoju, which I think would have been the best thing to do. But Kaide stops him and says that suicide, let's figure out what you're going to do together. And yep. the story decision for Worlds is... What decision they come up with. Yep. And I think, I believe there are there are four options. I thought it was quite a good one, especially because just like Kikita Yoshi, he doesn't have all the information and he has to reason out what is happening given what he knows. And just like Kikita Yoshi, 
he doesn't come to the conclusion that we happen to know what is true because he hasn't been reading the fictions, right. which is clearly a mistake. That's what he should be doing. Um, but he obviously, he doesn't know what's going on. So he ends up with a conclusion that is incorrect, but you can absolutely see how he got there. Mm-hmm. So he's not being an idiot, you can, and, but, but he's still coming to the wrong conclusion, uh, which is really, really fascinating. And you can also tell that uh, that is going to set things up for chaos and confusion. Because he, he mm-hmm. cannot possibly know what's happening, and therefore he must come to the wrong conclusion. And I thought that was very interesting, comparing and contrasting what Akoda Taturi comes up with as compared to what Kakita Yoshi comes up with and their reasoning processes and how they get there. So mm-hmm. many interesting things are very likely to happen. Right. Obviously, he knows more than Yoshi does because he knows for a fact the emperor wrote the edict. But, you know, he, he does know everything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so he's got to deal with the strangeness that, okay, someone tried to kill me, but the edict still got out. Hmm. And so, I, you know, there, there is a cover-up and so on and so on. But, yeah, I now have to go do a thing. But we don't know what thing's going to do. Yeah. There were some interesting lore nuggets in this hmm? story. Um, we had a couple of kata that we see Tatori performing. One is called Harmony at a Balanced Edge. And one is cornered lion, and lion faces the heavens. So they all have these great lion-themed kata. Yeah, I, yeah. I suppose it makes sense. You can have your kata themed after your clan animal. You would um, do. That makes sense. And interesting enough, they bring in a old trope from first edition L5R uh, that keeps coming back up and then saying, no, no, that's not possible. And then it comes back up again. And that is this idea that lion who fail their genpuku ceremony or fail at their genpuku commit seppuku rather than shaming themselves for their failures. So that was stated in first edition. And then everybody backed off because who wants to have teenage kids committing seppuku uh, for flubbing a contest? That's a little bit over the top. I think I think part of it is that we kind of assume that your genpaku just happens at the same same way that your high school graduation happens, <laughs> right? You go through this many years of school and then you take your exams and you either graduate or you don't. Mm-hmm. But I think education, certainly back in the back in pre modern days, which is what role playing games emulate, because obviously we can make stuff up because this is not real, you know. <laughs> But generally, if you're talking about, say, martial arts, right, this is the thing I know about. If you're going for, say, your black belt, right, um, mm-hmm. you don't get put forward until your sensei is really certain you're going to get it. So at that point, if you fail, that is deeply shameful. And in fact, will shame not just you, but your sensei, because your sensei was the one who said you should you would be ready, uh, which is rather different from like a high school, because you can just say, oh, mm-hmm. you, haven't, you haven't put the effort in and you failed all the classes, so you don't graduate. But no, this is I personally, I, I, the teacher, am saying this person should pass. Mm-hmm. And thus, if you don't, that's why it's very shameful. So if you take it at that kind of thing, it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, still grim and horrible, but the lion are crazy in their own way. <laughs> so the idea is you wouldn't just be failing because you didn't pay attention in class. And that's why, and therefore you have to get seppuku you are failing a test that your sensei really thinks you should be able to succeed at. That's the problem. I think you have to kind of see it in that those terms. Otherwise, yeah, it doesn't make sense because there just wouldn't be any line left. <laughs> 
So we're going back to that that idea anyway of of Lion who failed Eric him committing seppuku. So you certainly as a GM have permission to do it either way. Genpuku ceremonies are pretty um, high profile for beginning campaigns in the role-playing games. So it's it's worth thinking about how you're going to do it for Lion anyway, because it's not like they never occur. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, in the beginner box, there is a Lion NPC who is stated as must succeed or must die. Mm-hmm. So, but then think, I mean, honestly, this is one thing that you will want to take into account around your table in your personal private rock again. And if you don't want that because you think it's stupid or it's gross or it's just uh, a topic you don't want to deal with because it's it, you know, it is it is talking about people killing themselves, go ahead. It's your game. It's your rock again. You don't right. need anyone's permission to do it any particular way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a thing. You- Especially if you have a lion PC in your Topaz Championship. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you also get, I mean, in a kind of similar thing, because another thing that's mentioned is – uh, the idea of uh, committing seppuku for failing to protect your lord, but Toturi also mentions that it's more shameful to die to die before avenging them. Right. So the he's thinking of a story of an incident mm. that happens when he was with his brother uh, Akoto Arasu, and a Nakomo lord was killed. And the Nakomo lord's retainers came to him requesting seppuku for failing to protect their lord. And his brother Arasu said to them, it was more shameful to die before avenging yep. their lord. And this is a big plot in uh, Japanese storytelling. So Yes, definitely. The, if you look at the 47 Ronin, which is a classic, uh, not the Keanu Reeves version. I think I say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Although the Keanu Reeves version is, a pos- is about the most L5R film I've seen. I also say that a lot. But if you can find an original version of the 47 Ronin, the, yeah, the idea of it would be shameful to die before avenging your lord, that's a, a big key thing. Also, there's um, – so one of the things that's mentioned, uh, that Kagi mentions, is that Daisetsu's Yojimbo, Hante Daisetsu's Yojimbo, who I went and checked his name is Sapun Sunosuke, in case he uh, shows up again. Mm-hmm. He has disappeared – and he's left only his top, top knot behind. So when yeah. you leave your top knot behind, you, it's much like Kuanan cutting his hair earlier in the story. You're making an oath, or you're yep. you're saying for for the moment you're not a samurai. You're not a clan samurai anyway. Yeah. Uh, you are giving that up. So either he has declared himself Ronin effectively by mm-hmm. cutting off his top knot, and has gone off to go find Daisetsu. Yep. And that is certainly the implication that is left by that. Uh, and if you have a character who wants to charge off and go defy their lord, something noble and honorable themselves, that's one way you can do that gesture yep. for your for your character. Or he was killed to be conveniently taken out of the way by the scorpion yes, to clean up loose ends. <laughs> yep, and they left the top knot. Um, there's uh, yet a third possibility that um, reminds me of a particular uh, – film called um again we're going we're going back to that theme harakiri death of samurai mm-hmm. where basically in order to show how morally corrupt and non bushidoi certain samurai are um, a guy goes after them and cuts off their top knots and goes look see they weren't proper samurai mm-hmm. so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that someone has done that that's 
that's another thing that might have happened. This is another one of those, there are many options and they're all very interesting. Yeah, though, you know, we haven't seen any. Mm. He's perfectly capable of doing it on his own or having you know, the yes. forces we already know about doing it. So. Absolutely. So he could have just gone Ronin and run away. He could have gone Ronin to find uh, Daisetsu. He could have been, he could say, I have shamed myself and so I can't consider myself a samurai. So he cuts off his top knot and either runs away or goes after Daisetsu for that reason. He could have been killed and this is all a cover up. Or someone could have said, he's a scummy, horrible person. He failed. I am going to declare him to be useless and cut off his top knot. Right. Yeah. So. Um, this story ends up with Kaede stopping him from going to Shoju and say, stop, think about it, and let's explore your options. Yep. And for the world, the person who wins the world's tournament is going to choose one of four decisions. Yep. He can have Tatori seeking the rightful heir, who is Hante Daisetsu, and pledge to protect him from all threats and return him safely to the capital. That's one thing he could yep. do. He could also investigate the attempt on his life, possible connections to the Emperor's death, dragging the perpetrators into the light to foil their evil, evil plans. He could return to the Lion Clan and confront Matsusuko, hoping to gain her support and unifying the Lion Clan in order to restore order in the capital. And finally, he could undergo a pilgrimage to seek the counsel of his former sensei at the Monastery Among the Winds. Monastery Among the Winds being where Hante Soteri was supposed to go, Indeed. and his former sensei being Akoto Kage. Yep. Who? Though, or at least that's one of them. <laughs> yes, that could be the very one. And if so, he might be very Kolati. It's interesting. Possibly. We don't. Mm. Kage, used, in old lore, used to be a Kolat master, a very important one. That is not necessarily the case in New no. 5R. We have no confirmation of that. Anyway, in. These are really open. Uh, I have been asked, what do you think would happen if you chose any of these? And I have no clue. They could take these any direction. Yes. Um, like like so, number one. Number one could be he seeks the rightful heir, doesn't find him, seeks mm -hmm. the rightful heir, finds him, argues with the Togashi monk who's got, got Daisetsu, gets him, takes him back to the capital, gets him to decide not. I mean, there's so many options. That's just, I mean, yep. that's just one. So in terms of storyline... It's a story choice. It's a wonderful story choice. It's rolling a dice. You, you, Whatever you check, you get, you're not going to know what the story is going to happen from this thing. Yeah. However, one thing that is in, in old lore way back when... Back in the 90s. Alpha, back in the 90s. Back when uh, the characters were very first introduced. The character of Totori was called Totori the Black. That was because Totori was a ronin. That's right. For various things happening involving the Scorpion Clan. Yes. So you can see uh, it, it's been new L5R is not in any way old L5R. And we no. shouldn't presume it stuff. But it's like a piece of music in my mind mm -hmm. where themes are carried across between the two pieces. I, th I think you really need to look at the difference between... The Scorpion Clan coup of old 5R, which mm -hmm. ended up with Satori on the throne, and mm -hmm. what's happened in FFG's version, which has ended up with... Uh, Both have ended up with Shoju on the throne. Yes, uh, but Shoju isn't quite on the throne in the same way, mm -hmm. and for different reasons. And the whole how they got there is so different. But the clan still think it's a coup. Absolutely. So... 
that is so that's enough to say it can't happen the same way but it doesn't mean you're not going to end up with Totori the but it also doesn't right. mean we may end, we may we may not and that's really interesting we may not i think the i, I think people have been split on whether they want the story to follow the old lore or not or be completely new and a lot of people want completely new but one of the reasons that we like L5R and has been drawn to L5R over the years is that somehow in the whole tangled mess that is Old Lork by AEG, there was actually a pretty powerful story hidden underneath all of that. Powerful enough to get people up and cheering during tournaments. Powerful enough to get people reading it like crazy. Powerful enough to fuel 20 years worth of card game and start it over again. If they went and threw that all away and didn't hit any of the themes, you know, you you might not get as powerful a story. You'd have to be really confident about yourself to know you're getting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so mean, don't be afraid of similarities because it's definitely not identical. It's definitely not. And, and, and a lot of things end up, are going to end up, must end up very, very different. So even if he does end up to Tory the Black, he will be a very different to Tory the Black. And it will have very different motivations for what put him there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, these are some stories that could end up with that. But the question, the, but the idea, the trope, if you will, of the very honorable general Ronin Lion, yeah, is it's a powerful story element. You could do an awful lot of interesting things. Do you have? I mean, obviously, I think don't think either of us are going to be winning worlds. <laughs> Given that neither of us are actually playing the card game there. Um, well, I'm playing the card game there, but I'm doing very badly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my invitation. And I, ha- I haven't played my deck yet. So there, there, everyone can be uh, terrified of whatever monstrosity I'm coming in with because I have no idea how it works. Um, <laughs> if, uh, hey, hey, if you don't know what you're going to be doing, they're not going to be able to predict you. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. I'll be unexpected. <laughs> Unexpectedly bad, but unexpected. That will be my strength. Anyway, so... Do you, you have... Yeah, if you if you had... If it was your choice, what would you go for? Um, I think I would go most in character for Tutorial, which would be to do number two. Yeah. Possibly number one. Um, those are the two I I. I the best i if think we number two as well what's, yeah if we went with what's actually best for the empire mm-hmm. i would have him stick on a cloak sneak out <laughs> and go have a sh- private chat with shoju and yeah. sort it all out but that's not gonna happen <laughs> no no because then uh people might understand what's going on and then people <laughs> might not make dumb decisions so and at least they're not doing the thing where um, people are, are making clearly idiot ball decisions because otherwise the plot would stop. They've actually managed to justify why people are making the con- coming to the conclusions that they're coming to and not talking to people. Even though we who have read all the fictions know if they just spoke to each other, they'd know. <laughs> but they've, they've justified it really, really well. And so you're going, I understand why, why this is going to happen. I've often felt I, I actually honestly thought for a long, long time you, you were going to end up with Totori and Shoju and Daisetsu fleeing the capital and having Ronin adventures together, which I think would have been great. Well, you might get two out of three. You might, you <laughs> might. I think we, I I would go for number two myself, but 
I ain't going to win, and I'm not a lion. <laughs> so I would be very interested in hearing what other people think. What are your options between one, two, three? Well, let us know on the Court Games Twitter or on our Discord board or on Facebook. Anyway, yep. we will we will try and get this out before the last day of Gen Con. We'll see if that can happen. Yeah. Um, our fellow podcast uh, is going to be at uh, Worlds. Sorry, Worlds. Um, there too. So I will be meeting with them in person to talk, and we might have a big meeting with all of the podcasts. So there's going to be some kind of podcasting extravaganza going on. I don't know exactly what. The exact logistics <laughs> is up in the air a bit, but we're, we're going to work out what we can work out. Considering how far I'll get in the tournament, I'm sure I'll have plenty of free time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, you're going to get, you're going to win. Clearly, <laughs> Not. you're going to go. You're going to go all yeah school of bitter lies and get by on confusing people and being unexpected. But for, that's it for us for this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And until we meet again. Keep your jade handy.